Hey, Gritty Friends, so happy you are here. Welcome to episode 12. This episode's a little more personal. I mean, personal finances. I found in the Facebook community that the women really wanted some additional help in creating a personal budget, how to make it work for them, saving, retirement, and emergency funds. Have you been feeling the same way over finances and don't know where all the money is going? I mean, can't ever seem to save or never have emergency funds? Or maybe there's just never been a thought about a retirement fund ever. And I understand the stress and anxiety. It can be the stuff that ends marriages, friendships. I mean, it's very sensitive topic. So I took my personal experience with budgeting, finances, saving, and retirement, plus the experiences of mentoring all my sailors and decided I would give it a go. The live training and template were such a hit in the group that I thought today's episode should tie into that. Maybe there are just more out there who need this help and are afraid to ask for this kind of help, being that it's just so personal, and might just listen here to get some strategies. So that is what we are going to do today. So before I move on to the juicy good stuff, we have a review to read, and this one comes from Rachel Grohl. I am often the only one gritty in my group, so it was refreshing to find this podcast. Looking forward to more episodes. Rachel, thank you so much for your review. And I know when you are surrounded by those who live in the fixed and non-gritty side, it can be difficult to even stay there yourself. Just tell them that they too can learn to have grit. It takes practice, but if they're willing to try, which is the first step towards a growth and grit mindset, they too can find less stress and feel good about the things that are going on around them. Keep giving them gritty love, as I like to say. They stay near you because you give them the hope that they can't find for themselves yet. That is a valuable friend. You help them see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I am so glad you found my punk, my podcast resonated with you and give you a little refresh in your step. And if you have a topic that you would like to hear about, connect with me. All my social links and emails are in the social, are in the show notes below. I answer every message and email personally. So reach out, let me know your questions. Also, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review and have found this podcast to help you in some way, let others know by leaving a review. If you are an Apple listener, just scroll to the bottom of the episode and click on write a review and I'll feature you on the next episode. This is the best way to get the message to others who need to hear it. Okay, now who can feel the 20 grit sandpaper love coming? I know I'm ready. Are you ready? If so, buckle up, sit back and let's get gritty. Welcome to The Gritty Coach. If you're feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, or even stuck in your business, don't worry. I completely know where you're coming from, and I've been there before, but now you want to get some clarity, a plan, and you're ready to take your business to the next level, then you are in the right place. My name's Erica, and I'm The Gritty Coach. Just a little about me, I'm a veteran, a wife, a boy mom, a twin mom, and a fur mom. And after 20 years in the Navy and my unique life experiences, I am here to help you smooth and polish your business practices through what I like to call gritty love. So if you think you're tough enough, sit back, buckle up, and let's get gritty. Hey friends, welcome back. So today we are talking about personal finances and I really just want to preface that in order for a personal finance or personal budget to work, 
means you just have to really, really be honest with yourself about your finances. It's sort of like a food journal. Um, you want to lose weight, so they tell you to go write a food journal, and you go and you skip out that you ate the half a bag of M&Ms, and later in the afternoon, you had two spoon spoonfuls of peanut butter, and you left that out. The journal's not going to do what it needs to do, and nobody can create an actual diet plan for you or a, you know, a food plan for you because you weren't really honest with what you were eating. So finances work the exact same way. So in order for them to work, you're going to have to be honest. Now remember, I'm not going to see them. Nobody else is going to see them. Maybe if you have a spouse, they might see it just because you need to work on it together. Whatever the case may be, just know that having one is better than not having anything because it's important to know exactly where all the money is going. And I will tell you, as a young sailor, when I first started the military, super excited to get out of college, go to, well, I wasn't excited to get out of college, but excited to move on to the military. And when I started, I got too excited about all the credit cards you could get access to. That was not a good thing. I think I had like five. Now, there weren't a whole lot of amounts you could have on there. It wasn't a lot, the max, um, but it was enough that it was way more than my paycheck. So eventually it got to the point where I had thought I was in some great love, which I wasn't, and um, had a joint account with that person. And they wound up taking all the money that I had and all the bills that I had, they were not paying. So I wound up having a car payment that was three months behind. Insurance was two months behind. None of my credit cards had been paid in months. And I had no idea because I was in school. So I wound up getting in so much financial trouble. I thought I was going to have the car repoed. I thought that I was going to lose everything. And not to mention that at that point in time, by the time I found out what was happening and this person was no longer in my life, they had dropped my car off with an empty tank of gas. And I was about to leave like the next week to travel from uh, Camp Pendleton here in San Diego, all the way to Florida, to Pensacola, to go to my school for aviation medicine. And I basically had nothing. I had no gas. I had no travel money. I had no way to get across the country. And now, thank goodness, I had amazing friends that were willing to help me tow. And I got some extra cash. My, my family was able to help me and sort of bail me out. Basically, I didn't lose the car. I had insurance. I was able to travel across country. My friends towed the car, et cetera, et cetera. But what I want to tell you is that my family did not bail me out of the credit card debt. And I'm really... I don't want to say I'm, I guess I wanted to say I'm thankful, but I, I'm sure at the time I definitely was not thankful for that because I had to figure it out and deal with it. <laughs> so the part that really helped me though, is when I got to my new command in Pensacola, they were already ready to help me fix my financial troubles. Now, not fix, fix, but like send me to a debt consult, like a credit counseling assistant. And so I went and saw them and that was by far the best thing I could have done. Those people reached out to all my creditors and they helped um, lower the amounts that I needed to pay as well as got me down to one payment that was smaller and really just, I was able to pay off all the debt in a very timely fashion and I didn't necessarily have to pay as much because they wrote a letter on my behalf. It did sort of ping my credit a little bit to do that, but of course at that point it didn't really matter. My credit was already shot right? I'm talking like 400s, maybe 500s. I think at some point I just stopped looking because I didn't want to know. It was really, really bad. I spent a very long time to fix that. And I did. 
I did. I got it. I got completely out of debt. By the time I met my husband now, I already had worked on doing our finances together. And again, I did go back to actually trusting and allowing us to have a joint account again, but I did things a little bit differently, not in terms of the money coming together, but just in terms of how I was going to actually have a budget. And I created a template and it was on Excel. It's very simple. It has formulas and it is a template I've been using now for 25, maybe 26 years. And I have passed it out to so many people. Um, mainly, you know, of course, while I was in the service, I passed it out to all my junior sailors because the last thing I wanted them to do was to experience what I experienced, right? You had to have a budget. You have to know where that money's coming in and where it's going to know how much is left. Then before I left for the military, my dad had sat me down and said, you know, I don't think that the military is for you, but if you're going to do it, you need to make sure that you invest in your retirement because this is what it's can do. This is what it can do. And he showed me how, um, if I tucked away, I think it was $50, 25 or $50 a month for every paycheck that I had, uh, that eventually I would be, you know, by the time I was able to retire, cause I was 21 when I entered or 20, but by the time I was able to retire, I literally would have a million dollars. And I was like, wow, that's super smart. I made sure that when I got into the service, I did that. Uh, and that was great. I, I like watching that all grow and finding, you know, I may have switched companies that I had to go with and whatnot, but watching that grow and I still haven't tapped into it. We're going to get into that, some of that retirement part so that I can also share with you, uh, what I had done. And again, I am by no means an expert, but I am sharing what I have learned over the years and, uh, the template that I have and how it works and sort of what it can do for you. So that's where we're going to go. So Obviously, um, this topic is not easy. So just know that your secret is safe with me. Now in my Facebook group, I will tell you, I gave them all my budgeting template, a way to see all the incoming and outgoing funds, plus how much is or is not left over, which meant that people were going to have to make some decisions, right? If you don't have any money left over, then you need to decide either you need to cut back on what you're going to do. You need to look at some other options. You need to get another job. There are, there are things you can do. It is not the end of the world. And that is what I want you to understand. This is not the end. If you have troubles, this is not the end. And there is a way to come back. If you don't get started somewhere, you will never get out of it. So that's why this is important. So of course, I can't give you like the exact training I gave. And if you want to see that training and want the budget, please jump into the Facebook community and I will be happy to give you my template. And also you will have access to the live training that I did on exactly how to use that template. You want to track though, what is incoming, right? And all the outgoing and the outgoing consists of every bill. It consists of allowance you may need to, um, go day, you know, to go every week, like gas, snacks, if you have to buy your lunch where you're at, if you need a book or some miscellaneous stuff, you want to buy some stuff for you or for the kids or whatnot. I, I always have an allowance built in so that for every two weeks, now I can adjust that allowance, but what it does is gives me a buffer. It buffers me and I probably need to increase it because gas is so much more right now, but, um, I will budget to allow for my gas for two weeks of about how much I need and I adjust if I need to be based on what's going on around me. But if I have to cut back, I have a place to start. 
Now, that may not necessarily be the easiest for you to do, and that's okay, but you should allow yourself some sort of budget, uh, an allowance for the time for that like pay period to have at least your gas money. That I don't put gas in the bills because it fluctuates too much. I put it in this buffer zone. And then you also need to know about like have a miscellaneous section. So when your DMV comes up and you're required to pay your registration on your car, if there's an auto renewal of something and it needs to pay the year, you need to be able to put that into it. And I have that in this like little miscellaneous section that also is automatically subtracted and you just put it in in whatever, you know, whenever you're doing the budget, you just put it in and, and for that month, you know where the money is going to go. Here's all the incoming bills and I adjust all the time. I don't adjust what's coming in, right? That's, that's never changes. I adjust only like the outgoing bills. So if I get the water bill and it's, you know, was last month $75 and this month it's $100, I go in immediately and adjust it because that tweaks how much money I may or may not have left over for something else, right? I have in the past probably 15 to 20 years, I have never made a payment at the base level anymore. We don't make basement level payments. I don't do it on the cars. We don't do it on our mortgage. We don't do it on any of that. And that is because I've learned how to make this budget work. And, and it's not hard by any means. This template is super simple and I've already done all the formulas for you. So literally it is just plug in the numbers and what the name of that bill is. And what you get to see is where every penny of your money is going. And then I also have an entertainment budget. Now that's the another buffer area, as I like to call them. Those are areas where I may put in for, okay, so this month for this paycheck, we have $100 to go out to eat. And so that way, if I need to cut back, that's the first thing to go, right? It's the miscellaneous stuff. You need to have a way to sort of trim back. Now, what I want you to do when you first put in your bills is put in the minimum, and the reason the minimum is where I want you to start is because that will tell you where all the leftover money is. If there is any, if you're paying the minimums and there's no money left over, that's where the tough decisions need to come. You need to figure out how you are going to be able to pay the proper amount. There, are, there is at least one more way, two ways that I can think of you can do that. The first one being a second job. Obviously that's not necessarily a great option, but that might be an option. The second way is to look into a debt consolidation loan. I've done this. I have experience in it. A debt consolidation loan does not hit your credit the same way as actually another loan. A personal loan hits your credit the same way as any other line of credit would, right? Like a loan. But a debt consolidation, the reason more people get approved for it is it's designed to actually pay off all your, you know, as much as you can into that debt. It's designed to roll the credit cards all the way up into one and you only have one payment. And of course, now you're paying less in interest because you're only doing it for one where maybe one credit card has 15% interest and the next credit card has 5% interest and the next credit card has 21% interest. I mean, that's, that's also happened, right? So when you get a debt consolidation loan and it's all at 7% interest, two of your credit cards are already better because you're paying less interest alone. And it rolls up and it's in one payment and you make that payment. And if you can make over, you make an overpayment, which I did the exact same thing. So debt consolidation loans are very, very helpful. Now, what it doesn't do, it doesn't give you the free ride to go back and charge up on your credit cards again. That is where you're trying to actually live within your means while you're paying off this other nasty debt consolidation loan until it's done, right? You're trying to develop good habits. And once you see where the money goes, 
that is the start of developing a good habit. And I always, I mean, I am in that spreadsheet before every pay period just to make sure that I have everything set up and then I balance it with my bank, with my online banking and make sure that it all syncs up. Now there have been times I have double paid because I didn't pay attention what was going on in my bank and that I'd already preset up the payment. And yeah, that sucks and it hurts, but the next month I got the money right back. So it's not necessarily amazing, but it has happened. I, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's happened. But I will tell you that I'm, I have not been behind on any payments in the last 20 years. Not unless something went wrong with like the bank sending the payment or something, or I forgot. That would be the only way that ever happened is if I didn't actually go in and set up the payment. But I will tell you that I've never been late because I couldn't make a payment because I went in and I fixed that. I refuse to let that be the stress of everything because that stress would undo it. I've watched it undo so many people and I didn't want that to be our problem, right? And so I will talk about how Brooke and I sort of run our finances as well. So here's what we do. We have two accounts. Actually, we have a lot more than that, I will tell you. Uh, just kidding. We have two main accounts and that's where the money comes into. I have my money that comes into my account, my paychecks, and he has his paychecks that come into his account. And both of us have an allowance built in. And so what happens is, is the money that's in his account, because I do pay the bills, the money that's in his account, I will have a set amount and it's set up on auto pay whenever his paycheck hits so that he leaves, it leaves his money in there and he knows exactly how much money he has to spend. And then that other portion of it comes over to me into my account and then I'll make all the payments. And that way we don't ever have to worry about, well, how much is left, who has what, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's got their own amount. So there's a separation slightly, but really we both have access to each other's accounts. So it doesn't even matter. Like he can see what I can see. I can see what he can see. And so we do, we are on all of each other's accounts. I will tell you that part, but we do keep them separate because it was, it just made it easier so that there was never, well, you spent this much and you spent this much. No, no, no. Here's the part that you have and you can spend this. And then this is, you know, and he dictates, you know, he tells me what he wants and then what he can live with. And then that's what we go with, right? Like it's a compromise. It's a work together. And that, that has made things so much easier for us, right? It doesn't mean that everything's perfect and hunky dory 24 seven. It just means you have to figure out what works for you or works for you and your spouse, significant other, however you want to do that. That's what you need to do. Now, what I will recommend is that when you are filling out your template, whatever template you decide to use, that if you only have one paycheck, here's where other accounts come in that I was talking about before. If you only have one paycheck that's coming in for the month, which is how um, Brooke and I are now, it wasn't that way when we were active duty, we both had two paychecks a month. So we had a first and a 15th template and certain bills got paid on the first and certain bills got paid on the 15th. So we could make sure that we weren't having to carry over money. I didn't really like the idea of carrying over money because I didn't want to spend money that needed to be saved for bills. So what we did, especially once we um, got to the point where we only have one paycheck coming in each month on the first is I created a secondary checking account and generally you have to have it as a checking account because there is a transaction limit on savings accounts generally, like the money coming in, coming out, and not necessarily coming in, but the money that's allowed to come out, there's so many transactions per month. So I would recommend another checking. And what we do is I actually move money over to that account that needs to be for the 15th because our bills, when I set them up before we went down to a paycheck once a month, that they were designed first and 15th. 
So to carry money over, I have to move it out of the account so I don't see it. That is my adjustment for how I do things so that I do not spend money that needs to be spent elsewhere. And it also it built into that money has money allotted for an allowance. So the allowance is still set up for every two weeks for both of us. What I will do though is on the first, a set amount of money that will cover all the expenses on the 15th plus the allowance gets moved out of the account into this alternate checking account that we still both have access to. And then on the 15th, that money moves right back into the account and then all the bills get paid. So that is how we sort of deal with the whole one paycheck a month is so that that, that way nobody spends that money because I too understand that I still will spend money in my hot little pocket if it's not moved out of the account because I look at it as, oh yeah, I've got money. I can spend it and do what I want. No, I can't. That just keeps us in our realm it feels so much better to have the money moved out. So I don't even pay attention to it and I don't see it. So that is another option for you. If that helps you, I wanted to give you a couple of tips that one is if you are solely commission based, a lot of times commission based has seasons and with seasons, you have the highs and the lows. And the problem is, is that when you are in the lows, you have, you wind up, this is a problem for bills. So the recommendation is, is that, and you can do this with that secondary account that I was just talking about that I move money to. When it's busy, take money and move it over to the slow, into that account so that you have money for the slow months. That is the best way to do that is to save for those slow months. Now, if you're a social seller, direct seller, and network or network marketing, anybody that sells online generally is getting a 1099 miscellaneous and you wind up not having any taxes taken out. That means that you're going to have to pay taxes at tax time. Your best bet is to start saving for those taxes now. And I would set a percentage. You could go with what you would normally pay if you were single and had zero exemptions. That's the most amount of money that would get held back. And then that way your little nest egg over here in savings or wherever you have it is actually a very much higher amount generally because you should have expenses or things that you'll wind up deducting out of your total amount made. You may not have to use all of it. And then that way you at least have been saving for it. And it doesn't come as a surprise when you owe five grand. You have the money set aside for those taxes. That I would definitely recommend if you're in any type of network marketing, direct selling, things like that. When it comes to paying off credit cards, there are two ways to pay them off. Now, remember, I had you go into your template, whichever template you either create or you use mine. I had you go in and put the minimum balance on there. And what I want you to do is figure out how, how which way you want to pay these off. And I'm going to tell you the pro and the con of each one. The first way is to take the lowest amount owed and pay that first. So that means on it, let's say you have three credit cards and the lowest amount owed is $500. The second one's a thousand, the third one's 2000. On the lowest one, the $500 one, you are gonna pay, well, let me backtrack here for a second. On the two highest ones, the thousand and the $2,000 one, you are gonna pay the minimum. And all the extra money that you have in that paycheck you are going to put towards the lowest amount now or the lowest amount owed. The pro for that is it gives you a quick win. If you're somebody that generally gets frustrated from not seeing any progression quickly, this is a quick win for you. 
It doesn't take as long to pay off. You get the quick win. It kind of gives you the dopamine. Um, I'm making progress feeling and you will stick with it longer to pay the next one. The con is you pay more in interest because just because it's maybe the lowest amount that you owe doesn't necessarily mean it is the lowest it is the highest interest one to pay off, which means your other two you could be paying more interest on. Now, if you need the quick win, I don't care what the con is. Take the lowest amount that you owe, take the quick win, and once you finish paying off that credit card for that 500, you're gonna take whatever you were paying and roll it to the next highest. Let's say you pay $100 on the $500 credit card and you're paying $50 on the thousand. So now you're gonna pay 150 on the next one as soon as you pay off that first credit card and then you're paying 100 on the $2,000 one. As soon as you pay off the second one, you're gonna roll that over and now you're paying $250 a month. It will combine every time you pay off a card. Now the second way to pay off a card, this is the one that most recommend, which is the highest interest rate. You figure out, you look at all your credit card statements and figure out what the highest interest rate is and you are going to pay that one first. So that means all the other credit cards get the minimums and then the extra money that you have, and we're gonna talk about how that all comes out, that extra money that you have, you're gonna to put towards that highest interest rate. The pro for this is that you pay less over time because you're getting that high interest rate off. The con, it takes longer to pay and can get frustrating. Exactly why we have the other plan that I just went through first. Of course, I did talk about the debt consolidation loan, which is a third option. That's all the different ways that you can try to get this debt paid off. But you need to figure out one of those ways or two, you know, which one of those three ways that you want to actually take care of it. The other tip I will tell you is set up automatic payments with your bank whenever you can. Some places will give you a discount. Like I know when we took out a loan for our solar panels, um, that one, if we did an automatic payment and they take it out, they give me a, you know, like 20 or $30 a month off. So that was definitely worth it, right? Just, okay, go ahead. I'm no, I'm going to pay it. So go ahead and take it. And you're going in for a car loan. And sometimes those also will offer you a discount if you take the automatic payment. So be sure that you take those. And then that number one, they always get paid on time. And then number two, you're automatically set up you may have some money left over if you, you know, that they give you a discount on it. If you don't get a discount, still worth paying automatic payments. I do it with the fixed ones. I don't do automatic payments with like electric or water or stuff that can fluctuate each month. I do it with the mortgage. I do it with a car loan. I do it with insurance, you know, that's like our our sparklets water. Those will be our automatic payments that I already have set up every month. And I did it through the my bank. So I can start and stop that whenever I want. I have control over it. And if I decide I want to pay more at some point, I pay more and I can stop it when it's due. The second tip I will tell you is to watch out for subscriptions. Netflix, Apple Storage, Hulu, make sure they are budgeted because we can easily forget any of these subscription monthly payments that you do. Make sure those get into your budget. They hurt if you're not doing it because we're trying to get all of your money balanced. And if you're not putting in, then you're not going to get a true feel for exactly what your bills are. Okay. And once you get the bills all in there and you see how much money you have, if you have a surplus, this is the part that I want, that I want to talk about with you. If you have a surplus of money, 
this is how you're going to work it. You are going to put it in a, um, you're going to take the money and you're going to divide it. It's going to be 70% is going to go towards paying off your credit cards. And then 20% is going to go towards an emergency fund, which is like savings you can control. And then 10% goes towards retirement savings. Now, retirement savings, maybe, you know, maybe you only have $100 left over if we're, you know, just going to take an even number. So $70 of that is going to go towards that credit card, whichever one you decide, the mo the highest interest or the one that's the lowest amount, that's where that $70 is going to go. $20 of it is going to go into savings in case you have a flat tire and need to get it repaired or you need a new tire, or maybe you need to fly somewhere because there's something that happens with family, whatever that is, that's the emergency fund. The last 10% is retirement savings. I don't care that it's $10. That $10 will continue to add up. And as you continue to make more money, you're going to increase that percentage is going to be more money. So if it's $10 right now, and then maybe in two months, because you've, you know, or five months, you've paid off cards, a credit card, maybe now you have a surplus of $300. So now you're basically putting a lot more money towards your, your retirement and your emergency funds. What you want to do is to start shopping around and you want sort of a no load mutual fund. These are funds that companies manage that have investments in several different sectors. It can be overseas, government bonds, energy, medical, whatever. And they manage that whole fund and they generally, and I think it has a very, very low management fee or no management fee. If it's no load, there's no management fee. Um, loaded means that it does have a management fee, but you tend to get a better rate of return when you have a managed, a manager that takes care of all your money versus you basically saying what you want to put it in. You just decide. Now these mutual funds go into what's called an IRA. So your IRA is the individual retirement. That is either a traditional or a Roth IRA. Now within the IRA, these mutual funds are what gets invested, but the IRA itself is just saying, hey, I'm not gonna take this money out until I'm 62. You decide whether you want traditional or Roth. Now traditional, and here's, here's again the pros and cons you gotta decide. Traditional IRAs are ones where you get a tax break. That means you've paid taxes on your income, you put money into the IRA, and then when it comes time to do your taxes, you're going to get a form back from the your investment place and they're going to give you a tax form and you're going to get that deducted from your taxes. That's the pro is you're getting an immediate tax break. The con is that you are going to wind up paying whatever the tax rate is when you actually retire. So if you pay taxes now at 10% and when you retire it's 20%, you're now paying more taxes. That are going to tax the snot out of your retirement fund. Roth Roth is you take the hit now. You've already paid the taxes. It doesn't matter. It's your money. And you take the hit now. You don't get any breaks when it comes time for your tax return. You put the money into the uh, investments. And then when it's time for you to retire and you take the money out, your taxes have been paid. It's no longer taxable. You've paid the tax on it. It doesn't matter how much it grows. You don't pay the tax on it. We started with traditional because we wanted the money back. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We wanted the money back, thought it was the best way to go, and we did it. And then eventually we actually just switched probably like 15, 20 years ago, we, maybe a little less. We switched from traditional to Roth. Now the money in the traditional had to stay in the traditional, otherwise it was going to be a big mess. So there is money now that we are going to have to pay taxes on when we decide to use that money because we took the tax break for years. 
And then we have this whole other pot of money where we said, no, 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 we want to go ahead and take the hit. We're going to put the tax, we're going to pay the taxes now. And then that money, we no longer have to pay taxes on. So we do sort of have a split. I would just sort of think about what you really want to do and maybe talk to a financial planner about what the best uh, avenue is for you. I have done both. That's the reason I can talk about them is because we've done it. I, you just have to kind of figure out what's right for you. We didn't know what kind of tax situation we would be in come retirement age at 62. So we just said, fine. You know, we assumed that taxes were going to be higher then. And so we decided to pay, you know, take the hit now. And that would be the better way to go for us. That was a lot of grit, grainy, grainy, you know, information. I know that was a lot. Uh, and please listen to it again if you need to. But I just to recap, we need to be honest with the amount of money that we have coming in and going out. We need to have some sort of method of showing the income of what's coming in and going out. And we covered several ways to pay off debt. We covered some special circumstances and we covered what to do with the surplus of funds from your budget. That was a lot. Now, if you don't have a template and have no idea where to start, please contact me and say, tell me that you want my budget template. I'm more than happy to share it with you. I, it's free. It, there's no charge or anything like that. It, it, literally, it's the one that I've been using forever. I swear I've passed it down to so many people and I love doing that, right? And that's why I sort of made it so it's it tells you where not to touch anything because everything in blue is formulas. And if you mess with it, the formulas are off. And I can't, I, I didn't get a chance to lock it. So I just sort of tell you, don't mess with these. Again, it's a very simple form. I've kept it simple for a reason so that it always works. And if I pass it to somebody, they can make it work for them too. Literally, it's plug and play. This is my mortgage payment, or this is my mortgage company, and this is the payment, and it automatically gets deducted. This is my income, I put it here, and it subtracts my allowance, and it subtracts all my bills, and it subtracts my miscellaneous, and this is how much money I am left with. Then it also gives you extra tabs at the bottom for different pay periods. So if you get paid weekly, you have a way to budget that. If you get paid bi-monthly, you have a way to budget that. So it, it covers everything. So if you need a template, please don't hesitate to send me an email and just say, Erica, I really want your template. I don't have one. I gave you the basics, but in the group, I did a video to show you exactly how and where to make the input and those changes. So please don't hesitate to jump into the group so that you can watch that video at a bare minimum to get all the information that I did uh, just in that budget. You don't necessarily need to listen to the rest of it because it was all stuff that I covered in here. But at a bare minimum in the very beginning, I do cover exactly how to use that template. So the community link is in the show notes. And so as we come to the end of this episode, I know it was a lot, but I hope you all have a great week. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to follow. You can also sign up for insider alerts to upcoming episodes, workshops, and bonus features plus freebies. And that link for the sign up is in the show notes as well for um, an email. And if this episode hits you just right with the amount of grit that was needed, take a picture of the episode or share it on social media and tag me. And I would love to tag and feature you in my stories or on, on my posts as well. I really appreciate it. And I thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep staying gritty. friend. 
Before you go, I would love to read your takeaways from this episode. I would be so blessed and grateful if you had a few moments to share your thoughts in a review. So just hop on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll below the episodes, and click on the purple Write a Review. If this episode inspired you today to make a change, share it on your Instagram or your Facebook stories and tag me at The Gritty Coach. I would love to tag you back in my stories. Just remember to never give up. You never fail, but you just learned a way how not to do something. So try again. I believe in you. And until we meet again, keep up the grid. Yeah.